0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky
1: Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoy my time with Dr. Nicholas Conger. He has provided so much clarity during all the moments of of, um, of lack of clarity, actually, uh, and the confusion of COVID. He's been sort of this rock, this practical voice to help protect people. And he's seen he's seen the worst of what COVID has to offer, and he's also seen people that have sort of heeded the advice and being able to protect themselves. And now he's sort of a vaccine expert. Just a great conversation. So if you missed that, you can go to the Super Talk. Gulf Coast Facebook page, Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page, the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page, or your favorite podcast, and look up Coastview and listen to that conversation. You'll be glad you did. It's one of the one of the best conversations I've had so far on the subject. Hey, before we get to the next guest, uh, I want to just remind you that I often talk about the two bookends in coastal Mississippi. One is Ingalls, on one end, the largest industrial. Uh, manufacturing in the, in the state of Mississippi, and on the other is Hancock County's Dennis uh, uh, Space Center. Um, there are over 30 local, uh, state, national, international, private and public companies that are that are located there. the The reality of it is that if you think of it as just a test site, you sort of miss what Stennis has become. This old multi-dimensional um, base, whatever, however you want to talk about it. Um, it's a center where some really, really smart stuff is happening. They have some of the biggest supercomputers in the world there. The buffer zone specifically, the, the vision for that buffer zone that started back in like 1960, 1961, to create, you know, to really to had to relocate 600 families. Think about that for a second. And the vision that, you know, the, the public-private partnership had to be developed to to be able to create this buffer zone. So they can so they, it can be the NASA's largest uh, testing facility. The vision for that was just incredible, and we're enjoying the benefits of it today. so it is an incredibly important bookend. and uh, with that said, I'm really pleased to have the the acting director for Center Operations from Stennis join me today. How you doing, Rodney McKellop?
0: Good morning. I'm doing great. Uh, glad to be here and be able to talk to you about my favorite subject, NASA and the Stennis Space Center.
1: It it is, you know, you heard heard my opening and for people who are regular listeners to the show, they hear, hear me talk about the bookends, you know, you know you have the ship building on one end and all this incredible I mean, it's an oceanography and geospatial work that's happening there and and the 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 test facility itself and all the things around that. And then in between the two, you have you know, you have tourism and just just a very diverse economy. Military, military's contributions to the coast of Mississippi are extensive. Then, when you think about it, you came here as a private contractor, and you you know, really enjoyed getting to know you. And we'll hear more about the kind of stuff you were involved in before you went into your your current role uh, working at the space center. But uh, when you when you came here, and you think about the, the center as being one of as you hear me talk about it as one of the one of the bookends. Uh, that's a pretty good de- a description, isn't it?
0: Oh, I think so. And uh, I, I think despite uh, you know our best efforts over the years, Stennis Space Center remains somewhat of a, of, of a best-kept secret for the state of Mississippi. And just to give you a little perspective, there are 5,000 people that work at Stennis Space Center, and only about 2,000 of those 5,000 are actually working on the NASA mission at Stennis Space Center. So there is a tremendous amount of work that goes on at Stennis Space Center that supports the uh, the nation the national security mission and tr- contributes tremendously to the economic vitality of the region that really has nothing to do with with NASA and with testing rockets and that's something that I think a lot of people miss just the tremendous scope of activities that are ongoing at uh, at Stennis you know you talked about the navy and And uh, the the Navy's uh, contingent of folks at Stennis is the largest uh, contingent out there, even a little bit bigger than the number of people that NASA has, and they do a lot of things with uh, super and weather forecasting, but also Navy SEAL training at Stennis Space Center, which some people may not realize. And we do interesting things like um, passport production with the government publishing office having an office out there, and Department of Homeland Security has a big, uh, Presence out there, So there's a lot of things that are uh, circling around uh, the, the need to have a facility at, within a secure federal facility uh, sort of located off the beaten path, which, you know, Stennis is remote by design because of its core mission. But that remoteness has led to its ability to attract a lot of different uh, missions across the, uh, the federal government as well as the commercial space sector.
1: Rodney, I want to talk about the geospatial and remote sensing R and D efforts that you're involved in. But before we do, uh, while we're sort of on the subject of Stennis's mission, when you think about the partnerships, I mean, the, you know, there's you know, it's academic, there's commercial, there's government. That those partnerships that there there's so many different ones of them, and they they're really critical to the mission. Talk about why that's important.
0: Well, I mean, when you look at the history of Space uh, Stennis Space Center, especially after the Apollo mission, which was the reason that Stennis was built, to test all of those rockets and launch vehicles that carried the first astronauts to the moon in the 60s and 70s, the, the continued vitality of Stennis beyond the Apollo mission is completely based upon partnerships. And uh, the namesake of Stennis had great uh, foresight in... Uh, in understanding that need and uh, being really instrumental in bringing the first wave of at that time federal government partnerships to Stennis uh, Space Center uh, with the Navy and the NOAA's National uh, Data Buoy Center and the Coast Guard, and and since then it's grown uh, even beyond. I have about forty uh, resident agencies beyond NASA that's on site at uh, at Stennis that includes. Uh, a number of federal agencies like we spoke about, but also state agencies and from both Mississippi and Louisiana and University of Southern Mississippi has a a contingent out there, Mississippi State University. So there's academic presence out there as well that are performing research, but also uh, offering courses and training for, uh, for our workforce. And then we have a number of commercial companies that are utilizing either our own test facilities or utilizing the buffer zone that you talked about to be able to protect their own test mission. A great example of that is Rolls-Royce, which tests uh, jet airplane engines out there. and They needed to find a new location when uh, their home testing location uh, back in the UK uh, was having real developmental pressures and and, uh, from from neighboring communities and needed to find a place where they could test uh, uh, uninhibited and without interruption. And Stennis Space Center provided a great location for that because of the buffer zone. And then you also have these companies like Lockheed Martin and Aerojet Rocketdyne that are out there because they have linkages into the NASA mission as well.
1: Pretty, pretty amazing. You came there as a contractor in 1994, and you were working on projects in the NASA Commercial Remote Sensing Program. And then in 1998, you transferred over to NASA. But talk about for a second why the work around remote sensing is so important.
0: Yeah, and uh, that that's another one of those. uh, his, historical elements of Stennis Space Center that not a lot of people realize that, uh, that the Stennis Space Center had a lead role uh, from as far back as 1972 in NASA's mission to uh, observe the earth. And so remote sensing, when we're talking about that, we're talking about these satellites that, that NASA launches that have cameras and sensors that look back upon the earth and make uh, make measurements and observations of our own planet. And we've been instrumental from the start from the early 70s in working on programs to take that data that's that's acquired from those satellites and create real information products that can lead to real decisions about resource management and uh and and monitoring and and all sorts of applications like that in things like agriculture and forestry and and uh, a lot of different uh security applications it's it's been it's been a robust part of uh, the Stennis Base Center really s- nearly since its inception. And I was fortunate enough to come on to Stennis at a time when they were growing that presence in the mid-90s and, uh, and worked in that program for about a decade and a half before I transitioned to more of a strategic planning and business development role, which led me down the path to the current role in running center operations.
1: So you're involved in a lot. You've got infrastructure and facilities and construction and security information technology, as you pointed out, strategic work, and uh, my old friend, Tim Pierce, actually, who's been out at Stennis for many years, actually works with you. He's from Long Beach, for people who know Tim's name. Uh, but it's uh, you have a lot of responsibility in your current role, don't you?
0: Yes, it, it, if you think about Stennis in its remote location as being uh, a town. So this it's, it's in some ways, Stennis is a town of 5,000 people. And because of its remote location, we have to be fairly uh, self supportive. So we have our own uh, electrical distribution system, our own water and sewer. We provide our own fire and medical and security services and all of those elements of keeping the town operational to support all the missions, not just NASA's mission, uh, focused on the big test tomorrow but all the navy missions and and otherwise all of that responsibility of keeping Stennis moving forward and operational is really what the group that i lead is responsible for.
1: that i mean i, I like i like it, i like to refer to it that way as well as this and, and it's important for people to realize that it is a town <laughs> it is a town and, and it has all the challenges a town might have and you add the test facility And the highly sophisticated work that's going there and these infrastructure requirements are very important. And uh, we'll we'll continue that part of the conversation and we'll talk about the upcoming test that's going to happen. And uh, we'll see you after this break.
0: Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1
1: on your Amazon Alexa devices.
0: Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. We have Rodney McKellar. He's the acting director of center operations at Stennis Space Center. And uh, they have a test coming up tomorrow. And so far, everything's on schedule. We'll talk more specifically about that in just a second. But you're so right, man. It's a, it's a city. There's so much happening there. And... um and there's no rest for the weary when you have all this infrastructure that has to fit together, to fit all these strategic needs. Uh, some may be competing with others because of there. There's so much happening at any given time. So, you have a you have a full day's work when you go to work, don't you?
0: I do, and it's been a it's it's been a challenging year to uh, to step up to that uh, role with all the uh, pandemic concerns and limitations layered on top of uh, trying to manage the city. So. I'm actually still working from uh, from home, which most of us have been since March. That are not associated with the hands-on work at Stennis. That's really the folks that are out there today. But you know, it's it's been uh, it's been one of the uh, most challenging years to uh, to keep Stennis open and operational. But uh, our workforce was up to the challenge. They've done an incredible job of keeping everybody at Stennis uh, safe and healthy, and keeping more importantly that that mission going. In such a way that we don't cause uh, cause any impacts to the variety of missions there, while maintaining uh, a safe a safety and health protocols for
1: So, before we go to the test, one other thing we talk about this on Kosci all the time, but but disasters, and we know this in coastal Mississippi because of Katrina and other disasters that we've we've uh, been impacted by, have a tendency to speed up trends that were that were initiated before disaster. So in the case of, the, if you think of COVID as sort of this worldwide disaster, and you think about the trends that have been, there's so many trends, there's so many economic trends, technological trends, medical trends, so many trends. You are in a really good position to see how the world as we knew it pre-COVID will never be the same again, will it? I mean, the, the way that technology has been adopted and embraced, and we're just never going to see a change. We're never going to go back, are we?
0: I don't think we'll ever go back to the same point that we were before the pandemic. And and I think you're exactly right. This has been a forcing function uh, to look at uh, how we can be effective uh, in a workplace and what a workplace really means anymore. I know it's had uh, tremendous impacts with NASA on that and our uh, information technology folks have done a great job bringing to bear for the agency, all these different virtual engagement and working tools that really have allowed us to, uh, to seamlessly continue the mission pursuits of NASA without having to be in our office on site every day. And, and there's a team right now that's working that's called NASA Future of Work that's really looking at all of those lessons that we've learned in the past year and how those are going to be applied to the NASA workforce of the future. But I think we can all agree that, uh, that the work the future instead of space center is going to look different because of the lessons that we've learned.
1: In the I past. think that's true everywhere at uh, whether you're in retail or commercial real estate or whatever it might be, it's going to be a different world. Hey, so uh, tomorrow you have a two hour test window. Um, the target time is three o'clock. Um, on, on th- well, actually there's a, the show airs tomorrow. So let, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. So it's three o'clock today, uh, Thursday, March the 18th is going to be the second hot test fire of the core stage of the SLS rocket. Tell us about that, about why that's important and a little bit more about that.
0: Sure. And it's, it's, it's you know, the culmination of a series of uh, tests that we have been uh, working through with this new rocket over the past year. The, the rocket that we're testing tomorrow has actually been at Stennis since, uh, since a, a year ago. And so we've uh, we've been working through a bunch of tests in cooperation with with uh, with the manufacturer and with our NASA partners to get to this point where we're in the hot. Just as the name sounds, this is a hot fire test. So we're firing this rocket off and hoping to be able to run it for the full duration that it's going to run for the mission. This is a brand new rocket that's NASA, that NASA is developing, and if you think of it as an analogy of a car company building a new car. Uh, In the design of a new car that takes a number of years, much like our rocket design is taking a number of years. And you have all these different systems of the car that you develop and you test independently. But before you offer that car for sale, you wanna put all those systems together and test it as a functioning unit. And you take it out to the test track and you run it uh, as you would a normal vehicle to make sure that it's functioning the way it was designed. And all those systems that you've tested independently are working well together. And so, uh, one way to think of Stennis Space Center in this test is we're the test track for NASA. So, the only difference between this test tomorrow and an actual launch is we don't want the rocket to launch. We <laughs> down really tight and run it for the full duration that it would normally run just so that we can uh, simulate as close as possible without sending it into space what that launch process is going to be like. There'll be a countdown and everything that you would see in a normal launch uh, and and we'll run it for full duration. We're hoping for uh, a good test result there. It'll be uh, about a eight, about a 600 second test. So it's gonna run for quite a while. Hopefully the weather conditions are such that everybody in the surrounding area will be able to hear it. That's so much of that is dependent on atmospheric conditions but we've got our fingers crossed that we're going to have a big successful day
1: tomorrow well rodney the acting director for center operations it's been a pleasure to visit with one of the most important bookends in coastal mississippi uh acting director of center operations for stennis what what a what a thrill it's been to have this opportunity to talk to you and good luck to good well again we're recording this on wednesday so good luck this afternoon With that test, uh, we know it's important. And once again, we get a great opportunity to remind ourselves why stennis is so important to Americans' mission. So thank you very much, buddy.
0: No problem. And you can see the test on NASA TV. If you uh, pull your Internet up to NASA.gov, you'll be able to watch it live and stick your head out the door of your home and see if you can hear the rumble from
1: the distance. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Have a great day.